random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior. A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and talking about the topics at hand, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on the worldwide interwebs. Yeah, yeah, do that. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at The Marvelists. You can find us individually on social media, and I'm going to do it two episodes in a row. Eddie, what is your social media handle and what platform? IG, the Instagram, at Eddie9193. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Peter Melnick, and I'm on TikTok, at Peter Melnick, but better. And i got to tell you, TikTok sucks. Like, that, that app sucks. You can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms. If you want to find us, just Google our name, at The Marvelous, or The Marvelous. You can find us, and we'll be on all of those. But be sure to five-star review on iTunes, Broken Machines, Ice Cream, whatever. Anyway, five star on our nice new spanking T-shirt, which you can get available only at belowthecollar.com slash the marvelists. Tell them Peter sent you. They won't see anything, but just tell them that. Like, Your choice of color, maybe too. No, just they, black. That's it. Okay, we well, have them very... all as long as it's black. Exactly. It's the uh, it's the semblance of all colors. That is the yeah. That is the color black. But it's also slimming, just like stripes Thank going you, down. Thank you, Eddie. I've been working out and it's, still having carbs. It's just that it absorbs all the heat in the sun. But what oh, can I you am do? pretty hot. Thank you, Eddie. That's a, that's a, oh, a wow, compliment really, I'll take. I appreciate that. You, I mean, that's really sweet of you, Eddie. You can also find this show and support it on Patreon at patreon.com slash themarvelists or slash... The Marvelists. <laughs> and the eyebrows have to go up, as you say, just like Eddie's did. They do. Wait, it's slash... The Marvelists. <laughs> they did go up again. So did yours as a reaction. Well, that's... Yes. Like a Groucho Marx thing on you, jeez. You can support the show and get our undying gratitude. You can also get early access to episodes, as well as the Fantastic Voyage podcast, which we're going to be recording today, our March episode featuring Ryan Tavares, creator of the comic Nomads, and a good closenal, closenal, closenal. He's very closenal. That's close and personal, close and put person. together. It's a really tight word yes. there, yeah. I speak sometimes. And we uh, we may throw in a mini popcorn, too, if the theaters don't open up. Come on! We get to talk on Fantastic Voyage about the 102-plus issues of the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby Fantastic Four run. And annuals. And annuals and crossovers. We're going to look into like, maybe like there might be like two episodes in one month where it's like a bonus thing. We don't know. I do want to do Amazing Spider-Man number one. i got to find out when is the time in the timeline we're going to do that. Well, and it would let's only be that at, half. Yeah, no, let's look at when Amazing Spider-Man came out, and I think that would probably be the best way to do that in some kind imagine. of chronological. And then maybe we can even do a rundown of Fantastic Four appearances in one episode. Okay, whatever, whatever in we other can titles. Do. Yeah, there. And again, we'll see what we can do. But there is going to be a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline in the year 2021. Now, Eddie, mm-hmm. since the last time we spoke, a we had a fa- we had a finally, we did yes. CC Peniston the finally, which if you know you're like the kid from the Hooked on Phonics commercial who can't pronounce Island as Island, Ugh. it was the finale of Wandavision. It was, and 
as you can tell, you know, previous episode with all the uh, dick and fart jokes, I liked the episode, but Eddie did not give his thoughts. Eddie, what did you think of the finale of WandaVision? Oh, good. I thought you wanted me to review, Eddie, review the some, podcast. Tell some dick and fart jokes, Eddie. I mean, you know, this is, you know, I've wanted to hear those from you. The name is Richard. Richard Dawson. The Price is Right, or Hogan's Wait, Heroes, or... I thought Richard, know. no, I'm thinking of uh, Richard whatever from uh, Family Feud. That, that's the one. Richard Dawson. Yeah. So I we, said the you price is right. The price is right. Oh well. <laughs> slip of the slip of the show. But anyway. Okay. Well, I loved the series fr- back to front, front to back. I think I told you when it first came out, the thing I made me kind of uh, get sentimental was the opening of seeing the letters in the word Marvel and the scenes of all the characters that have been throughout the movies we've seen up to this point, and that's the same opening as a regular feature film. And I said, oh, I miss miss this. Even, you know, it's not the same, of course, seeing it on a home viewing, a DVD, whatever. But it's still the same. It strikes the same chord and seeing all those characters. And I, I tell you, if it's out commercially, I will acquire a copy and have it in there with my whole series of Marvel movies. The problem is... In regards to that, and I might have done some looking on the internet, and mm-hmm. I totally did not buy a bootleg on the internet, but there is no physical media version available. And as a matter of fact, Lord Feige, Kevin Feige, did an interview with comicbook.com a few months back when the series started, and they asked him, Will there be a physical release on DVD or Blu ray of WandaVision? To which he responded back with, and it was as a question, it wasn't a declarative statement or, you know, like condescending. He asked, is The Mandalorian Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD and Blu-ray yet? And they go, no, it is not. And he goes, well, I don't know. When Kevin Feige doesn't even know the moment like that, that is a telling sign. And I understand why they're doing this. Or not telling sign, maybe. The reason, you know, you can tell why they're doing it because the finger thing means money. That's yeah, why. Yeah, when you move them together like and that. And as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, you know, like as a yesterday, my favorite thing with going on and everything... I looked at my stocks and I see my Disney shares are like, they are like, I, they, yesterday they were $2 shy of breaking their highest <laughs> in like five years. And I'm just like, well, damn. Hang like, on to this, please. My, my return was pretty damn good. <laughs> right. So. Well, I think at the at the most basic premise, it did make you care about these characters yeah. for watching it. Stri- Whether you're doing it episode at a time or, or binging it and some are doing either or both. And in my case, I definitely needed to watch each episode more than once. A lot of stuff going on, and even in advance of you know, those who are more technologically superior in, in their podcasting or video casting and doing reviews in less than 24 hours that are saying and going to Uber links, I think, to to point out all these little minutiae details. And yeah, I said, the Uber is really good. Enough already. I said there were just no, not, so, so many. Not you. The others who have just gone to the nth degree to oh, there's a character, nth man. I was thinking from, the same thing. I was like, yeah, that is a character, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, usually shirtless and uh, from one of the wars, hubba hubba, one of, one of those uh, you know type of type of things. But without too much more digressing on my part, just going too far with some of the minute details that you don't have to really get all involved with. Now I was fortunate enough to get my wife Nancy and to get into the series as well and to ask questions and to say well that wasn't or that didn't happen and even listen to our or or the marvelous reviews of the weekly episodes in constructing she's, WandaVision she's going wait what hold, wait a minute where are they going why aren't they get back on topic and what 
you know. So she's getting more into this, and I'm just quietly saying, hmm, okay, yeah. And All it's right. funny because there are certain things none of us noticed during the recording session that Friday where, you know, we talked about the show. and The finale. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, you know, I had noticed from friend of the show, Nick Wells, Wanda has a thing on her outfit, on the chest area. And it's in the shape, one of the little holes up top is in the shape of the Mind Stone. I wasn't sure if it was that or or an amulet of some kind like, like Agatha had taken from her her witch mother, I guess. Yeah. Not witch, Wh- mother. witch mother. Make the selection of all the ones that are in the coven. No, from from that one and uh, and so on. Well, it was wild seeing like the merchandise drop this week, by the way, of all the the, the busts, of the action figures, of the oh. Funko Pops. And they're going all out on this. You have Vision and you have Scarlet Witch in the costume. One of my favorite ones... I'm I'm I like Funko Pops. Not all the time, but I like a majority of what I've seen that, you know, that I'm into. Cuz again, you know, it's like, you know, if there's something that you like, there's something for you with that, you know? Yeah. So one of the ones I saw was it's her and it's got a little platform for her you attach it to like, you know, the bottom of her or on her back and it's her floating Fuck in midair yeah. doing the Doctor Strange reading the book and everything. I'm like that's cool. Yeah. But they also released the Marvel Legend as well as the Diamonds, the uh, Diamond Select figure from the Marvel Selects line. And holy crap, they are doing such a phenomenal job in regards to these sculpts and how they look. And in my opinion, they've done an amazing job in terms of making these figures look like the actual characters. Because it's my biggest complaint was when they made a Black Panther figure when the movie first came out, and they made a Star-Lord with, you know, without the mask and everything. Those both did not look like Chris Pratt or the late Chadwick Boseman. They looked pretty damn awful. Mm. Flip side, a year later, or, you know, a few months down the line, actually, with the Black Panther line, they released a Killmonger figure, and it looked exactly like Michael B. Jordan. Then we start getting the new series of the Marvel Legends of the Fox characters. So the X-Men era, and they look insanely like the people. To see this figurine of Scarlet Witch, and it looks just like Miss Olsen. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like it. Back to the drawing board? I think so. You know, they are absolutely knocking it out of the park in terms of, like, not just that stuff, but the merchandising of it in general. All of this stuff that's been coming out, they've been doing a good job keeping it under lock and key. Well, I'm sure that pretty soon we're also going to be seeing, if it's not already uh, upon anybody listening to this episode, the costume out in cosplay land. and The costume is know, incredible. and They got the material, I think, and the coloring, just like from her first appearance in Ultron, down. And I do like the way it came out very much. I've been seeing the uh, they've been like reactions to it in regards to how it looks, comparing it to the Magneto costume from the X-Men First Class timeline. Mm-hmm. And I'm in agreement. I think it looks phenomenal with how it, you know it is. And I would say they're, uh, again, off to a great start with this. They, they took a costume that uh, you've heard me on the show repeatedly say, the Scarlet Witch costume sucks. It's not very good. But on the flip side, you have this version and you win me over. That's a really great thing. 
Yeah. So now you have more variety in the uh, Scarlet Witch uh, ensemble now, which is which is good because you have a then, you have now, modernize it, turn it about a little bit, and I think it works. So yeah. But again, you take like some comic costumes don't work when they're translated into the real world. Yes. Or have, passes for it, yeah. You have to modify as much as humanly possible. That's yeah. why, like, I've always heard people complain about, oh, why couldn't they do the Wolverine costume? Because it kind of looks stupid in yellow spandex running around with, you know, going, oh, bub. But you can make it, like, tactical, combat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Add, like, layers to it. Add, like, you know, like a uh, patchwork kind of, but not really. Yeah, you, you tone down the yellow and put it in, like you said, pieces, patchwork and stuff. and Sure. The best costume in the last 20 years that was a translation from the move or the comic page to the film is Deadpool. I think that is the absolute best looking costume. It emotes, it does a great job showing yep. you where the practicality of the costume is. Mm-hmm. Compare that to, you know, when you go to a convention and you see, you know, people running around in the little uh, spandex zentai suits like that. Mm. No. That's why I lo- Spider-Man's or Sp- the Spider-Man costume in the MCU is very much an example of you can do comic accurate and still make it look like it came out of a comic book page because to make it look like the way it does, it's coming from Tony Stark as opposed to Peter Parker. <laughs> right. And let's be honest. Everyone goes on saying, the first off, the most annoying line I've ever heard, Iron Boy Jr. No, I'm happy I haven't heard that until it, now, it, so I would agree that that would be upsetting, yes. It's an annoying fanboy remark where they say he never earned any of the power and responsibility, blah, 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 blah. That's a t- subject for another day. I'll just say it. I'll just put it here right now. Those people are idiots, and they're wrong. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. But if you had Peter Parker make the Spider-Man costume with the amount of money he has, it would look like shit, wouldn't it? <laughs> It would look pretty bad. Like and, uh, the red sweatsuit that he went to the wrestling ring much, with. Well, it's not just that, but it's like, I'm sorry. When I see the first two iterations of Spider-Man on film, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, Tugboat Toby, Toby, not Toby. The other order, <laughs> yes. But you see these guys, and they have these professional-looking costumes. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. <laughs> and I realize, well, it's a guy getting bit by a spider, being able to, you know, climb up walls. There's believability in that, apparently. No, there isn't, jackass. But what I'm getting at is <laughs> just seeing, like, the costume. It doesn't make sense. Where is Peter Parker going to get that material? Now, Tony Stank, on the other hand, you can get it. Suspend belief and, yeah. you know, take take liberties and all that stuff went up to the cutting room floor, and we got to get a movie going on here so we only have this much time. Exactly. And, and like, yeah. like I said, you know, you can get away with doing oh so much different stuff. And speaking of being able to do oh so much different stuff, yeah, this it's... means we're not going to be doing deconstructing WandaVision anymore. No, the series is done. And do, I, By the way, do you think there's going to be a sequel series like WandaVision Season 2? I don't. No. No, I don't think that was the intention. There are people that think there would really, be. Really? But I, I don't know. I think since we have, like, for example, the transference of information to vision, and I think there was a different, I know they said white vision. I thought there was another name given to that character. But this will bring, I guess, vision back into the MCU so he won't have died I love that it altogether. Was a, I love that it was essentially a mobile phone backup. I love that so much. That was like one of the funniest. Like when you realize what he's essentially doing to himself, that was genius. Yeah. But 
the other before we get into the next topic at hand, one other thing that I want to talk about is something I predicted on the episode, and that was this is going to be the new Mandarin. And I was right mm-hmm. because I've heard so many whiny pussholes talking about this going on saying, uh, what a stupid decision of making him Ralph Boner. Blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Because guess what? You can find a way to retcon it. There's this thing called writing where you can do anything. Just because we don't know what's going on now doesn't mean things are going to be the same five months to five years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so whatever. Well, it could be retconned. Who cares? So rule out the uh, Mephisto angle, I think, right, for at least the time being. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of the fan theories were kind of dumb. <laughs> Let's be honest. Some of them were dumb, but like I am admitting I am disappointed about the multiverse aspect. But again, there were thrills. There were chills, mostly because the heat was off in my house. But I was able to watch that. It spills, I'm sure, too. In regards to a lot of this, the idea of what we got, I was enthralled. I was entertained. And you know what? Like I get it. Is everything going to be tailor-made for my needs? No. But this is where... I, I don't know if I mentioned it on a previous episode. I know I didn't mention it during the finale. I'm tired of fan service. And that's going to lead to something later on, a topic in this episode that, you know, I'm going to talk about with a casting choice. But I feel like I like... The thing I like about the direction WandaVision went in is in a direction that The Mandalorian did not go in. Season 2 of The Mandalorian was basically straight-up fan service, going on saying, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Just over-the-top in-jokes or references for the hardcore nerd going, Oh my god, you guys, look at this! I remember that! It's a bantha! Like, who, who cares? With this series, we're not really getting those kind of things. We're getting, you know, references to the comic books, but not callbacks or, like, you know, references to the past other than, you know, maybe one or two little things. Because this show is creating its own new memories. It's creating its own new references that will be referenced down the line in future properties in the MCU. Yep. And I like that. I think I that's agree. really smart. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I like when the, you know, they tied it up as best they could and left you wondering what's going to happen in certain aspects. Having Agnes now be the annoying neighbor and she, and Wanda will I, know where to find I her. I love that she's the equivalent of, in case of emergency, break woman. <laughs> yes. Right. Right, exactly, too. I mean, yes, twisting the character of Agatha Harkness to something different than what we know in the comics, whether it be age, personality, demeanor, and and also, you know, even having Wanda take Agnes back, if that's what the case truly was, to, you know, 1693 Salem, into that same witch-burning setting outdoors. Yeah, good stuff, for sure. The other thing, so let's wrap this part of the discussion up, but basically Falcon and Winter Soldier is happening next. Next we're not going to be doing, you know, deconstructing WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, because that's, you know, a terrible idea. It sure is. We're instead going to be doing a new spinoff series, you know, recap show on the main feed, and it's going to be called Mission Briefs, The Falcon and Winter Soldier. And the first episode is going to be you and me. That's you're, us. You're the guest on that one. I'm, the, ge- I'm the guest. <laughs> okay. But it's going to be myself and the legendary Josh Rosengrant, who you've heard on a previous episode. And my favorite thing about this series that's going to be happening is Josh is the Falcon to my Bucky or my Bucky or he's my Bucky to my Falcon whichever way you want to have it but I've thought that ever since I saw that one moment in Civil War of couldn't you have done that earlier I hate you 
that's going to be me and Josh for six weeks. <laughs> so if you oh, really so now, I understand your perception of yeah. now how I got demoted to guest instead of co-host. Okay, and it didn't have anything to do with the fact that I wasn't able to. I was on all these bleep missions away assignment in wherever Guam or you know Uganda. You're or, hanging out on the planet ducks or whatever, where however the duck comes from. What was that like? Wasn't all that quacked up to be, was it? It was foul, okay? Foul. See, we, we can do dick jokes on this show as well as duck puns. Add that to the review, guys. I, I, ha- I have a minor a- anecdotal duck thing to tip, but I don't even know if it's worth mentioning. So, uh, yeah, but all those episodes, I was there, at least listening to the Thank day you, or so. Thank you, Brian Williams. The day or so after to, to listen to the, the reviews of the shows and try to bring some... Uh, perspective to it you brought the ruckus like the wu-tang clan the rizza the jizza odb anyway now in regards to the future of the marvel universe one of the things that is it came up a few weeks ago but i thought we'd talk about it on this week because you know just also a filler topic but in regards to the future of the fantastic four man wasn't it great seeing reed richards in wandavision oh wait that didn't happen oh that too yeah Mm -hmm. the rumor is we are going to be seeing the Marvel's first family very soon because they did do that announcement, but... What's relatively soon mean? Mm. Okay, so within a year. (laughs) Probably not, but... Just guess. All right. In regards to that, they've been talking about who might be playing who. And over and over and over, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. You know... If you remember when people were first talking about that, I was on board. Yeah, with and, the Cran Man. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's Brian Cranston. But, but you said the other Cran crazy, Man. Thought, yeah. Crazy for Crazins, John Krasinski. Cray Cray. All right. But after a while, you hear people go on acting like stubborn children saying, well, if they don't play it, I'm not going to watch the movie. And I can be a stubborn bastard, too, because I've kind of grown sick of the John Krasinski, Emily Blunt fan cast. Because they've now become the equivalent of, hey, let's have Nathan Fillion play this character. Hey, let's have Idris Elba play this character. Over and over and over and over and over and over. Oh, it, it's tiring. Just like my jokes on this show most of the time. But with... <laughs> Eddie, do you have a comment? Eyebrows up again. Yeah. <laughs> but... It it's I'm tired of it. Like, and I've been hearing you know one rumor right now is Sue Storm might be playing, or might be played by Jennifer Lawrence, mm. formerly Mystique. And a lot of people were saying, oh, what is she going to half-ass it like she did as Mystique? Well, guys, you're not in the movie where you have to be in there six hours early to get all that makeup on, <laughs> and then do your scenes, get touch-ups throughout the movie, or the day of shooting, and then the six hours of or less of taking that shit off, and then you do it again the next day. Uh-huh. That's why in Dark Phoenix, she wasn't Mystique all that much because she was tired of that. Now, flip side, Jennifer Lawrence might be playing a blonde woman who turns invisible. You can't get more opposite than that, I guess, yeah, in terms so of setting that up. Yeah, I think this is a fair choice. But being quickly being fair though, with the Dark Phoenix movie and her appearance in it and not appear, that's really the only one I think of all her mystique appearances that you can uh, ascribe the half-assed comment to, right? Because otherwise she was she was solid and everything else. She was okay. Yeah, okay. 
But again, Jennifer Lawrence is a great actress. So I don't know what this could mean for the future of the movies, but like I said, would I complain if I saw John Krasinski and Emily Blunt? No, I wouldn't, because they'd be fine in the roles. They're great actors, so go for it. But to go on saying, I will not watch this unless they're the ones, Kevin Feige will give you shit, and you will eat it. (laughs) So just saying on that stance... Don't do that. Like, that's why, like, when I hear people saying, oh, they're going to cast so-and-so as Wolverine, that's a terrible idea. Well, look at, you know, Jack Nicholson was my only Joker. Heath Ledger, that's stupid. (laughs) You can't knock it unless you actually experience it. Although, Jared Leto, that's the punchline. But, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, you have your initial reaction to finding out who is going to play a certain character whether it's positive or negative, somewhere in between. But ultimately, hopefully, you, you just get a grip on your self-reality, whatever, and, and see it for yourself and then formulate a more educated opinion, and if you will. And it's not like they're going to take the old stuff away, like with the, you know, with like the, uh, the new castings and whatnot. Like, the one that drives me nuts was, apparently, John Bernthal is the only person who should be allowed to play the Punisher ever. Uh, whoa. Well, Good what's going to happen when he's 80 years old? <sighs> Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be going, Aah! he's yelling every time. That's, I love Bernthal. I love Johnny B. But I'm sorry. Like, I want to see someone else in the role after a while. That's why I don't mind some of these recastings for the most part. But I remember I posted not too long ago on Twitter in a topic of, you know who would make a great Punisher? John Hamm. And I proceeded to get a gift back of from some fanboy of John Bernthal saying, no. And I'm just like, get a grip over yourselves. You're not a Hollywood casting director. You're some nerd sitting in your parents' basement. And yes, I realize we're going to go down that, you know, down that hole. Well, because that's where they live, too. But Oh, it's a staircase usually. Come on. Ain't no doubt about it, brother. But Snooper's going to snoop. That's quite a bone already. Oh, thank you. But the other thing going on. Falcon and Winter Soldier, great trailer, as it should be. And they really didn't give a, a date, although we know it's March 19th. You're so weird with your transitions. That's that. Well, you know, moving right along. Muppet yeah. song. Okay. Baron Studebaker, yeah. Well, I was talking more about the last topic for this episode. And by the way, how many episodes are, or how many minutes are we in, Eddie? About 25 or so. That's eh, a good, nice chunk of an episode for the audience listening at home. But yeah. let's talk about our final subject. Bruce Campbell, hail to the king, baby, chin it to win it, recently just filmed a cameo or a movie in the UK, and that's all he said. Mm -hmm. If you follow him on Twitter, at Groovy Bruce, he posted a shot of London, and that was it. He said, just finished the movie. Yep, that's it. (laughs) Because Bruce Campbell just finished something, and it's pretty obvious what it was a cameo for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that's being directed by his boy, Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And if you followed the career of both men, Bruce is always in Sam's movies, for the most part. He will have a cameo. If I remember correctly, he makes a cameo in Oz the Great and Powerful, which, by the way, was referenced in the finale of WandaVision. Yeah, you're going to have to re- yeah, rewind on that marquee, one. But, you know. Yeah. In regards to this... I kind of appreciate knowing that, that, you know, that relationship between Sam and Bruce continues 
to this day in that, you know? And I can definitely recall at least two in the first and third Toby Spider-Man movies. He was in all of them. Well, I'm, I'm blanking out on the middle He was the wrestling one. announcer. He was the garçon, and he was the uh, other one. The theater attendant? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, he was And that's all three. There we go. Okay, was, thank you for the catch-up. And also, oh, sorry, we only have mustard. But <clears throat> in, regards to, in regards to Sam Raimi, though, or Bruce Campbell with Spider-Man, he was actually also the voiceover guy for the amazing Spider-Man video games for the PlayStation 3 and all that stuff. So when you're playing the game, he's the tutorial guy. And it's kind of funny because he wasn't in those movies, but they were like, yeah, we're just going to throw him in there because he made the game fun. Okay, cool. Just a lot of, you know, sarcastic comments as you're playing. He's telling you you suck as you swing. <laughs> it's fun stuff to watch. Like, I cannot recommend the uh, any of his appearances or his vocal appearances in the games. Yeah, next episode. By the next episode of this show is going to be our Falcon and Winter Soldier. Part one. Yeah, episode, episode one. one. Which, do we know if that's just a straight-up individual six weeks in a row or they're not going to combine the first two like they did with WandaVision? No, because this is the they said it's like the equivalent of a movie I guess like a six hour movie Wasn't WandaVision? Oh, so the, they're going to be longer episodes Yeah, it's going to be probably uh, 35 to 40 minutes an episode Oh, so the same the same as WandaVision then Give or take without the credits you know because of how like 45 minute or I love how they go on saying this is the longest episode of WandaVision to date, and it's literally like a minute or two longer than the average ones with the same 45 minutes of credits. <laughs> it's right, it's it, but it still qualifies as being the longest. No, most certainly does. Oh, all those credits. Well, do you think that each of these episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier will have post- or mid-credit scenes? Uh, or is it going to be like this where only the last two had? Yeah, anybody's guess. Well, I'd like your guess, Eddie. Yes, the answer is yes. Ooh. That's what I say. Because it wouldn't be Marvel who, I don't know, they could probably simply put a stamp or a trademark on the master of the mid and post credit scenes. Make you want to stay to the end. Well, Eddie, I think Peter. that's going to put a bow on this episode for today. you got to just with those bows. I mean, yeah. Man. But. It's a good speaker name or whatever, but bows. Yeah. Boo. Episode. No, bow. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. That's right, he is. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!